Before you are seated, we want to give a chance for our boys and girls to go out for children and worship time. Es tiempo para que los niños van al, al, a los niños en alabanza, el tiempo de que tienen para ellos. Let a child through the row, and uh, once they're passed, you may sit down. Pueden sentarse después que pasen los niños. Parents, if you're here for the first time, uh, you are welcome to follow them back, see where they're going to be. And if you're up and around, you are also welcome to grab a Bible because we have them in the back. We have plenty of copies. Tenemos muchas copias de la Biblia en la mesa de atrás y pueden agarrar una copia. And while the children are, are going out and getting settled in, we want to settle into our time with God's Word on this Sunday. And so I want to invite you uh, with whatever copy of the Bible you may have to open up with me. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And this is in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. Our reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 36. La lectura es de Hechos 2, del versículo 29 al 36. And if our screen is working okay, sorry, it keeps cutting in and out there. Uh, there are some page numbers there that will uh, help you to find the scripture that we're referring to here. La página, ahí está la pantalla, está diseñada para ayudarnos a encontrar donde está el texto. So I'll just give you a moment to, to get there. I'm going to read first in Spanish, then in English. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. And, and uh, what we're doing today, we're wrapping up really a, a series, a mini-series of four messages uh, all about refocusing the mission, refocusing our mission. Estamos uh, en una serie concluyendo la serie de reenfocar la misión. So as we read this, I want you to know this is part of a larger speech, a larger sermon given by the apostle, the early church leader Peter on the day of Pentecost. I'll explain a little bit more about that in, in a moment. Son palabras de Pedro en el día de Pentecostés. Y dice lo siguiente... Hermanos, permítanme hablarles con franqueza acerca del patriarca David, que murió y fue sepultado y cuyo sepulcro está entre nosotros hasta el día de hoy. Era profeta y sabía que Dios le había prometido bajo juramento poner en el trono a uno de sus descendientes. Fue así como previó lo que iba a suceder. Refiriéndose a la resurrección del Mesías, afirmó que Dios no dejaría que su vida terminara en el sepulcro ni que su fin fuera la corrupción. A este Jesús Dios lo resucitó, y de ello todos nosotros somos testigos. Exaltado por el poder de Dios y habiendo recibido del Padre el Espíritu Santo prometido, ha derramado esto que ustedes ahora ven y oyen. David no subió al cielo, y sin embargo declaró, dijo al Señor a mi Señor, siéntate a mi derecha hasta que ponga tus enemigos por estrado de tus pies. Por tanto, sépalo bien, todo Israel, que a este Jesús a quien ustedes crucificaron, Dios lo ha hecho, Señor y Mesías. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So uh, this morning we have had the opportunity to celebrate the accomplishments of our graduates. Hemos celebrado los graduados hoy, and I want to add my word of congratulations to all of our graduates. Those are here, and we have some that weren't here with us this morning, but congratulations to each and every one of you. Felicidades a los que se han graduado. Uh, we're excited about what you've achieved. And uh, whether you've graduated from uh, middle school or junior high, uh, whether you've graduated from high school or college or technical school, vocational school, no matter where you've graduated, chances are you have received or you're going to receive a piece of paper. And that piece of paper is going to have a written notice on it that basically symbolizes uh, your achievement. Hay un papel que simboliza los logros de los graduados. And of course, we call that a diploma, right? Es un diploma. Uh, they're very special. Diplomas are very important pieces of paper. You take good care of them. Son papeles importantes. In fact, uh, I have just three in my life, three diplomas, high school, college, and, and seminary, which is ministry training school. And in fact, that one's in my office on the shelf. It's in a prominent place. Tengo tres diplomas. And so diplomas are important and special because they stand for something. Diplomas represent work accomplished. They, they represent all that you've poured into your studies. Uh, behind every single diploma, there are hours of class time, hours of reading, and, and lectures, and papers, and tests. Representan los diplomas, horas de tiempo en la clase, de conferencias, lecturas, exámenes. It's a lot. But diplomas don't just stand for what you've done. Diplomas are really an open door into the future. También son puerta abierta al futuro. Because a diploma gives you authorization. It gives you the power to take the next step, whatever that may be. Te da autorización para el próximo paso. A, a diploma might give you the ability to take the next step, and that next step might be going to the next level of education. A lo mejor vas al próximo nivel de tu educación. Or... It may be that that diploma gives you the authorization, the ability to get a specific kind of job that you've been training for. Puede abrirte la puerta a un trabajo por el cual te has entrenado. But either way, those diplomas, what they do, we talk about diplomas being conferred, okay? That's a, we a weird word, but diplomas confer or they place upon us from a higher place certain benefits and privileges. Los diplomas nos dan de un lugar más alto unos privilegios y unos beneficios. Now, in the case of our education, a diploma confers that authority or that benefit from the higher place, which is the teacher, right? Or the administration or uh, the school system. Se trata de los profesores que son la autoridad más alta. Well, this morning... I want to talk about a different kind of diploma, a different kind of diploma that can be conferred upon us from a higher place. Quiero hablar de otro diploma de un lugar más alto. And that diploma is our diploma 
for God's mission. Es el diploma de la misión de Dios. And so we turn now to this scripture that we just read together from Acts chapter 2. And as I said before, what we have here is an event that occurred on what's called the day of Pentecost. And what we find is that the 12 apostles are together and there's a large crowd gathered about them. Aquí encontramos los doce apóstoles con una multitud a su alrededor. And the reason that there's a crowd gathered is that on this day, Acts chapter 2 tells us there was a rushing, violent wind that came upon these 12 apostles and tongues of fire that seemed to rest on each one of them. Había una ráfaga de viento y lenguas de fuego que estaban sobre los apóstoles and they began to speak out. These apostles began to talk and to preach about Jesus with a boldness and an intelligence that was way, way beyond their level of education. Empiezan a hablar de Jesús más allá de su educación. And in the middle of these apostles, we find the apostle Peter. And, and Peter here in Acts chapter 2 stands up and, and he gives the sermon of his life. I mean, this thing is amazing when you come to analyze it. Pedro da un sermón grande, and basically through this sermon, he declares that Jesus is the promised and predicted deliverer that God has sent. Dice Jesús es el Mesías que Dios ha enviado. And specifically, Peter takes the people through a Bible study of sorts, and he begins to show how King David, centuries before, predicted Jesus through his writings, specifically through the Psalms. Muestra como David predijo al Mesías por medio de los Salmos. In fact, if we go back just a couple of verses to Acts 2.27, here we find Peter, he's quoting from Psalm number 16, which was written by David. El cita en 27, el Salmo 16. So this is David speaking centuries before, and David says this, you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see Decay. No dejarás que mi vida termine en el sepulcro, no permitirás que tu santo sufra corrupción. And I can almost see Peter like a, like a college professor here, adjusting his glasses a little bit and, and maybe putting him on the end of his nose. Pedro ajusta sus lentes como profesor, and he says in verse 29, Brothers and sisters, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. Permítame hablarles con franqueza acerca del patriarca David, que murió y fue sepultado, y cuyo sepulcro está entre nosotros hasta el día de hoy. What's he saying? He's saying, David said, I won't go to the grave. David said, I won't see decay. Well, guess what? David's dead. David's in the grave. David's body is rotting. David dijo que no iba a morir, no ver la corrupción, y sin embargo, ahí está, en el sepulcro. David is dead and gone. So what is going on? Verse 30, he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Era profeta y sabía que Dios le había prometido bajo juramento poner en el trono a uno de sus descendientes. So you see, David was a prophet, and he was talking about someone else. He wasn't talking about himself. No hablaba de sí mismo. He was looking ahead 
to the day when one of his descendants would be on the throne and that this would happen to him. Estaba viendo el día que eso pasaría a uno de sus descendientes en el trono. Verse 31, seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. Fue así como previó lo que iba a suceder, refiriéndose a la resurrección del Mesías, afirmó que Dios no dejaría que su vida terminara en el sepulcro, ni que su fin fuera la corrupción. So when David says, you won't abandon me to the grave, you won't let my body see decay, he's not talking about himself, he's talking about another king. He's talking about the king of kings. He's talking about the Christ, the Messiah. El David no se refiere a sí mismo que no quedaría en el sepulcro, sino a Cristo. And then, in verse 32, Peter says this. This is talking about Jesus. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact. A este Jesús Dios lo resucitó. De ellos todos nosotros somos testigos. So the point of this whole Bible study is that Jesus is the one that we're talking about here. We're not talking about David. David's pointing to Jesus. David está señalando a Jesús. So the subject of David's prediction is Jesus. And Jesus now is the subject of Peter's sermon. Jesús es el tema de la predicción de David y también el sermón de Pedro. And then we come to verse 33, and here's the crux of the matter. Exalted to the right hand of God, he, Jesus, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Exaltado por el poder de Dios y habiendo recibido del Padre el Espíritu Santo prometido, Jesús ha derramado esto que ustedes ahora ven y oye. What Peter's saying, so many words, is this. People, this Jesus has graduated. Jesús se ha graduado. This Jesus has graduated. On the cross, Jesus went to school. He went to the school of suffering in our place, suffering and dying for my, our sins in la cruz. Jesús fue la escuela del sufrimiento por nuestros pecados. In fact, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus, by his suffering on the cross, learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesús aprendió la obediencia en lo que sufrió. Does that mean that Jesus had to learn a lesson that Jesus didn't know things, what it means is that Jesus experienced the, the, the length of what perfect obedience to God would involve. Jesus experienced perfect obedience in the place of our disobedience. Jesús experimentó la obediencia en lugar de nuestra desobediencia. But you see, Jesus didn't just go to school on the cross. Jesus took Satan, hell, and death to school on the cross. Jesús llevó una lección a Satanás, el infierno, la muerte, and he beat them. He rose again from the dead, resucitó, and now Peter says Jesus has graduated. He has been 
lifted up and promoted to the highest place there can be, the throne of the universe. Ha sido levantado hasta el trono del universo. In fact, David says, I saw it happen. Peter quotes another psalm in verse 35. David didn't rise, he says, but he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. I saw all this happening. Hasta David profetizó esto y dijo, el Señor dijo a mi Señor, siéntate a mi derecho. So Jesus has gone to the school of suffering. He's risen from the dead. He's been graduated. And now from that higher place, he has conferred upon us a diploma. Ahora nos ha dado un diploma. He has conferred upon us these men that are standing here the authorization, the power to speak out as witnesses, to carry out his mission. Ya tenemos autoridad para hablar como sus testigos. Jesus has graduated and opened the door for us. And it's show and tell time. We're showing you and we're telling you that Jesus is real. Mostramos y declaramos que este Jesús es real. Now what is that diploma for carrying out the mission of God? In effect, what we see here is that that diploma is not a piece of paper. It's a person. And that diploma is the Holy Spirit. El diploma no es un papel, es una persona. Es el Espíritu Santo. And in fact, this Holy Spirit, Peter says, is what Jesus promised. Es lo que Jesús prometió. If we go back just one chapter to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus speaking to the disciples. Before his graduation, before he was ascended into heaven, he says this, you will receive Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Cuando venga el Espíritu Santo sobre ustedes recibirán poder y serán mis testigos tanto en Jerusalén como en Judea, Samaria, hasta los confines de la tierra. So again, let's get the progression here. David predicts that Jesus will die on the cross, rise from the dead, and be exalted, graduated. David predice que Jesús muere, resucita, y es exaltado. Okay? Jesus comes. He goes to school on the cross. Rises again from the dead to defeat all the enemies. He's exalted on high. But before he's exalted, he promises the Holy Spirit. Jesús muere, resucita, y antes de ser exaltado, promete el Espíritu Santo. Jesus graduates. And then he confers upon his disciples this diploma. He pours out his Holy Spirit upon the disciples. And then they go out with that diploma in the Holy Spirit's power to carry out the mission as witnesses. Y ellos van en el poder del Espíritu Santo para llevar a cabo la misión como testigos. And that is in fact what Peter says in verse 36. Therefore... In light of all this, let Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Sépalo bien todo Israel que este Jesús a quien ustedes crucificaron, Dios lo ha hecho Señor y 
Messias. That's Peter speaking, but it's really the Holy Spirit speaking because the Holy Spirit has inspired this message. Es el Espíritu Santo que habla aquí. So who is the Holy Spirit? ¿Quién es el Espíritu Santo? The Holy Spirit is the one who assures us that this Jesus who was crucified and risen is Lord and Christ. El Espíritu Santo nos asegura que el Señor Jesús que fue crucificado y resucitado es Señor y Mesías. The Holy Spirit, we say, is the third person of the Trinity. The Father is God. Jesus, the Son, is God. The Spirit is God. Three persons, one God. That's a whole other sermon. I won't go into all of that. Hay tres personas. Padre, Hijo, Espíritu Santo. Todos son Dios y un mismo solo Dios. Tres personas. But Jesus in John explains it in this way. He says, everything that's from the Father, he's given it to me. Todo lo que es del Padre, dice Jesús, me lo da a mí. And everything that's from me, the Holy Spirit will bring to you. Todo lo que es de mí, se lo da el Espíritu Santo a ustedes. So the Holy Spirit is our connection with Jesus the Son, with God the Father. Nuestra conexión con Dios Padre y Jesús el Hijo. So the Holy Spirit assures us, convinces us of what Jesus is about. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 with me. The early church leader Paul writes here, 2 Corinthians 1.21, 2 Corinthians 1.21, it's on the screen. Paul puts it this way. It is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Dios es el que nos mantiene firmes en Cristo, tanto a nosotros como a ustedes. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Nos ungió, nos selló como propiedad suya y puso su Espíritu Santo en nuestro corazón como garantía de sus promesas. So it is the Holy Spirit who makes us stand firm and assures us that Jesus' death and resurrection for us is real. Nos asegura el Espíritu Santo que la muerte y la resurrección de Jesús es real. But there's something more. The Holy Spirit guarantees what is to come. Garantiza lo que está por venir. The Holy Spirit guarantees not only has Jesus graduated, but because of his connection with us, the Holy Spirit guarantees that someday we will graduate. Algún día nosotros nos vamos a graduar. Even though we die, we will rise with Jesus. Even though we rise, we will be exalted to reign on high with Jesus forever. That's the guarantee of our future. Vamos a resucitar y reinar y ser exaltados con Cristo. And what that means is that someday we're going to enjoy all the benefits and all the blessings that Jesus has won for us. Vamos a gozar de las, los beneficios que Jesús ha ganado por nosotros. But until that graduation day comes, it's not here yet, until that day comes, we have a diploma. Antes de la graduación tenemos un diploma. 
it's a little bit backwards. We haven't graduated yet, but we've got the diploma in hand. And what is the diploma? It's the Holy Spirit. That's the guarantee of what is to come. No nos hemos graduado, pero tenemos el diploma, la garantía que es el Espíritu Santo. And so our diploma then for God's mission is the Holy Spirit who confers upon us the power and the authority that we need to live as disciples and to carry out God's mission as witnesses in the world. El Espíritu Santo nos da el poder para vivir como testigos en el mundo. And so here's the thing. We can live confidently. We can be confident that graduation day is coming and in the meantime, we can be bold in declaring our faith. Podemos ser atrevidos a declarar nuestra fe. Don't have to be timid. Don't have to be ashamed. Don't have to feel disqualified or unqualified. No tenemos que sentirnos descalificados o avergonzados. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the early church leader Paul puts it out there and he says, plainly, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this message that I'm a witness of. Pablo dice en Romanos, no me avergüenzo del evangelio. Why? Because it is the power of God for the salvation the graduation of everyone who believes. Poder de Dios para la salvación, la graduación de todos los que creen. So here's the thing. You don't need to have a Bible degree to be a follower of Jesus Christ. No tienes que tener certificado de Biblia para seguir al Señor Jesús. You don't need to have a master's in theology to share your faith and to tell the story. No tienes que tener maestría de teología para, para ser testigo del Señor. In fact, the first apostles were the opposite of all that. If we look at Acts 4.13, we turn the page from where we began. And here we find the Jewish leaders who were highly educated. They had masters and doctorates and all kinds of graduate degrees. Los fariseos, los líderes, los gobernantes judíos tenían mucha educación. And it says in Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage, the boldness of Peter and John speaking about Jesus, they realized these guys were unschooled, ordinary men. Los gobernantes judíos al ver la osadía con que hablaban Pedro y Juan se dieron cuenta de que era, eran gente sin estudios ni preparación. And they were astonished at the way they spoke. And they took note. These guys had been with Jesus. Estos habían estado con Jesús. Se notó esto. So we don't have to feel unqualified or underqualified. What is our qualification for carrying out the mission? It's the Holy Spirit. Es el Espíritu Santo que nos califica para la misión. So important. Now, those of you who are graduating or, or have graduated, there's a time in a graduation ceremony, happens in most ceremonies, where 
if you're all in the cap and gown and everything, they ask the graduates to take the tassel from one side of the cap and to move it over to the other side. Perhaps you've been a part of that. Hay un momento en la ceremonia de graduación donde se mueve el cordoncito que cuelga de la gorra de un lado al otro. It's called the turning of the tassel. What is that for? What well, represents that you are now a graduate, you've graduated, and you're now stepping out into the next stage of your learning adventure, your learning journey. Ya estás dando otro paso en, en tu aventura de aprendizaje. In the last year here at Sunrise, we've sent out some graduates from our church. We've sent out some graduates to go and to be witnesses through the planting of Imago Church. Hemos enviado a graduados para ayudar a plantar la iglesia Imago. They have turned the tassel and they've gone out and we've sent them into Visalia and they're following Jesus and they're preaching and teaching and sharing the testimony of Jesus in Visalia. They're carrying out that mission and in part, that's why we're taking up another offering today for, for Pentecost Sunday, our Pentecost offering. Por eso tenemos la ofrenda de Pentecostés. We want to keep supporting them, but we're also going to be using some of those funds to graduate more people and to see more churches planted down the road. Not right now, but down the road. Más allá queremos plantar más iglesias. That's exciting, but here's the thing. They're not the only ones that can graduate. I want to invite you today to turn the tassel. Quiero invitarte a mover el cordoncito ese. How? I want you to turn the tassel from an, from an attitude that says, I'm, I don't know enough. I don't have enough of what I need to be a witness for Jesus. I need to sit and soak some more. I want you to turn that tassel from an attitude of sitting and soaking to an attitude of going and telling, showing and telling. Queremos cambiar de la actitud de simplemente a empapar la palabra para ir a compartir la palabra. And that can happen with all of us. That's about what refocusing the mission is all about. So here's the question. Who can you share Jesus Christ with this next week. ¿Con quién puedes compartir la historia de Jesús? Earlier in the year, we talked about how to tell our story. And if you've trusted in Christ, you've got a story of how life was before Jesus and after Jesus. Before Christ and A.D. in the year of our Lord, when Jesus came into my life. Tienes una historia de lo que ocurrió antes de Cristo y después. How can you begin to share that story with other people. Remember, I encourage you to even practice with someone, tell your story in one to three minutes. Who can you tell that to this week? You see, we have something exceptional. We have an identity, and here's our identity, two things. We're disciples and we're witnesses. Somos discípulos y somos testigos. Do you know what a disciple is? The word disciple in the New Testament means a follower, but it literally means a learner, a student of Jesus. Un discípulo es un estudiante, un aprendiz de Jesús. We are disciples, and in the school of Jesus, the learning never ends, right? Nunca dejamos de aprender, but we're also 
witnesses at the same time. Somos testigos a la vez. And that means even while we're learning, we are now qualified to go out and tell the story. Ya somos calificados para narrar la historia. And so here's the thing. With the diploma of the Holy Spirit in hand, let's go out there and let's get on with the mission. Con el diploma del Espíritu Santo, vamos a dar un paso adelante y llevar a cabo la misión de Dios. Would you pray with me? Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, we're maybe 120 people here today. Not a very big group. Somos unos 120 personas aquí. But that is precisely the size of the group that was praying and that on Pentecost Sunday got the diploma of the Holy Spirit. As you poured out your spirit, O oh God, it was not just the 12 who went out and spoke and ministered. It was the 120. Eran no solo los doce que recibieron el diploma del Espíritu Santo, sino los 120 aquel día de Pentecostés. And so, Lord, this is my prayer today for us as we refocus on what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples by being disciples. We're called to preach your word. Nos has llamado a hacer discípulos y predicar tu palabra. Equip us. Thank you for the graduation day we have coming. Gracias por este día de graduación. But thank you that we don't have to wait for that day to experience what you have for us because you've not left us alone. You've not left us abandoned. You've left your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Gracias por no abandonarnos, no dejarnos solos. Nos has dado de tu Espíritu Santo. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and fill us, we pray. Move us. Give us courage beyond uh, our own uh, ability. Give us wisdom beyond our own intelligence. Danos sabiduría más allá de nuestra inteligencia, Espíritu Santo. And let us freely speak of you and act in your name. Que podamos vivir y hablar y actuar en tu nombre. Thank you, Lord. We're ready to turn the tassel. We're ready to go forward. We ask this in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, in the nombre del Señor Jesús. And all God's people together said, Amen. Amen. So right now, we're going to go ahead and take that second offering that Greg talked about earlier, the Pentecost offering for church planting. And again, we're, we're stressing and hoping that you've, you've fulfilled what God has put on your heart for the regular ministry of Sunrise. But this is above that. This is stretching out beyond that. And we're going to be using that to to help Imago Church and to help other projects that God puts in front of us in the, in the years to come. So invite you into that as God has put it on your heart. Do it with joy, uh, never begrudgingly. Uh, espero que puedan dar más allá de su ofrenda normal a esto si es que Dios lo ha puesto en su corazón.